What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Good. Doing well. Hopefully you can hear me just fine. Yes, I can. I got you in the headphones real quick. <laughs> good, good, good. I found that sometimes like if I just use a speakerphone, people can hear me a little bit better than my headphones. So I'm hoping that's the case and that you get good audio. I know with my podcast, we use Anchor and sometimes it's hit or miss, but <laughs> yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, welcome back to the podcast. Um, if you did not know, this is Mr. Scott, uh, the man, myth, the legend himself. He is the first member of the Three Ball Podcast Hall of Fame. He got all the votes needed for it. So congratulations to him. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, man. It's good. It's good, y'all. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the fans, all the listeners um, for voting me in as such, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, well, you didn't even need the fan vote. Uh, it was me, Brandon, and Connor. And if you get three out of the three votes, then you automatically make it. And you got three out of three votes from all of us because we all had three votes each. Oh, perfect. Hey, well, thank you. It's even more of an honor, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Glad to know that, uh, yeah, I could, I could serve something, be an honorable guest, and contribute something to this podcast, man. It's been good to see you grow and continue to – you know, just stay down and keep doing it. Yeah, it, it's definitely uh, a lot of fun to do it. Now, Mr. Scott is on the podcast today because me and him are going to be talking about some music. Mm-hmm. Um, he has he has his own podcast uh, called uh, Don't Trust the Punch. That's and right. um, right. he, in the episode titled Respect My Bias, he definitely went off on the new age rappers, and I agree with most of it, if not all of it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, so on on the podcast, which I co-host with my with my um with my buddy G Rock, and and now we've got a third uh, honorary guest ourselves, who's kind of become a reoccurring co-host, Josh E. But yeah, on our podcast, don't trust the punch. Last, I think maybe it was our last episode. Respect my bias. Yeah, I just, you know, I had to let it, just let it be known. I don't really listen to any rappers under the age of 30, really. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) it's just, and a lot of that comes with my own age. As I get older, it's just hard for me to relate to a lot of the content that, you know, younger artists are are talking about and what they're putting out and even how they're expressing themselves. I, I don't understand it. And some of that is not them, right? That's just part of kind of how hip-hop is is part of age like you grow up and certain content certain ways of expressing itself certain sounds you're just like oh that's not for me that's that's that younger generation let them have that and some of it is just like music is music right and either it's good or it's not it knows no age it's universal right defies age and gender and race and ethnicity and all that so I just feel like there's this real part of it, too, where the artistry of making good music within hip hop has diminished so much. One, because we've lowered the bar, but also just I think there's an agenda to portray rappers and black people in general in such a uh, devolved and debased light that a lot of these young artists uh, sign up to be used, don't know they're being used or don't even care. Right. Because they just. Yeah. You know, they just it rap now is a quick buck, you know, and, and so much of it, you can catch a quick little song that will play on TikTok or be an Instagram hit or whatever. You know, you can make a little funky dance with it and catch a wave, get a quick bag and 
so much of that is cookie cutter kind of monkey see monkey do type stuff for the culture that there's no one is challenging themselves to really be good at their craft because you don't have to be anymore um yeah and and even as like because you brought up the age part of it where you know maybe it's just a thing where you grow older and you don't understand what they're talking about i'm 18 and i don't understand what they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i gotta because i have I have friends that are my age, unfortunately, and they, if you say anything bad about their favorite rappers, they'll ask you why you don't like them. And so I tell them, well, okay, well, your favorite rapper talks about drugs, money, and stealing, robbing, raping, and I can't, I personally can't relate to that, so it's, it's just really not what I'm listening to. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, my co-host, they challenged me, they said, but... Senator, you know, you're a fan of Freddie Gibbs. You like, you know, uh, Griselda. You listen to Boldy James, right? They talking about luxury cocaine raps. You listen to Pusha T, Wu-Tang. It's kind of some of the same content. Even some of that has like sex talk and stuff in it. And I'm like, that's true, right? And a lot of that is just kind of the element of culture. But there's a difference between watching like a really bad hood movie, you know what I'm saying? And watching yeah. Scorsese. Right, like Scorsese, yeah. every film it's a it's a mafia movie. You know what? How he's giving it up. You know there's gonna be violence. You know it's this lifestyle. It's this culture. It's kind of the same setting and context. I would say the same is true for Quentin Tarantino, right? But the way that they do it and portray this art and tell this story is so, you know, it, it's so elevated. It's clever. Yeah. It's new, um, and they're doing it at, at a high level, and they're always trying to challenge themselves and say, "Okay, this may be my lane and kind of the world that I'm interested in as a writer um, or as a director." But how can I film it differently? How can I use my actors differently? How can I create new complexities and scenarios and conflicts within this world um, that'll continue to intrigue the reader? Right? No one blames Stephen King because he only writes horror novels. But I mean, he's written a hundred different books and many of them are the same, you know? I mean, excuse me, many of them are different. Are yeah. different in the sense that he he's still writing on a great level and a prolific level. So that's it. it. It's not always just the content. It's a lot of it is the expression and a lot of it's the artistry. Like just like a lot of these young rappers are not good rappers. They're not taking time to really learn how to use words well, to experiment with new flows of delivery, to experiment with different beats and production. They're not listening back to older artists from different generations who are much better rappers and kind of studying them. There's none of that apprenticeship. There's there's none of that, right? That's that I think is necessary for this younger generation of rap to, um, yeah, to, to make better music. And there's, it just seems like there's no incentive for it. And the worst part of it, Gall, is that when we look at even some of the top tier rappers like Drake, we see that because the bar is diminished, that no, it doesn't really matter about making good music. Just make a couple of you know hit singles here and there. You can always stream farm it, right? Yeah, yeah, Drake is Drake is almost just a pop star now. I mean, he's not trying to make lyrical stuff as much anymore, which he may have not written, by the way. <laughs> but right. He's just making like a song that should go on TikTok. And of course it blows up and then boom, Drake's got another number one hit, but it's really not all that great of a rap. That's right. And it's not the, the art of making good albums is lost, right? Because when you look at Certified Lover Boy, I mean, you've got over 20 tracks on there in the 90s. That would have definitely been a double disc. Um, 
but it's just a playlist. There's no cohesion. There's no coherence. There's no not a lot of creativity. Um, there's not nothing that's really captivating about it. There's nothing conceptual. It doesn't tell a story or reveal anything different about Drake or where he's at, nor does it push him as an artist to really go in and rap. There was a time when Drake, believe it or not, was actually hungry. But I don't feel like I've seen that since 2014. And yeah. With streaming right now, like, so he just said, let me take every song or every typical Drake song and sound that I've ever made and let me just make another version of those songs and give it to y'all like twice on an album. So what CLB is to me is just the ultimate Drake playlist, but it's not really a collective album, collected cohesive body of work. And that I feel like nowadays people say, well, so who cares? Because with streaming, I can have one song and that song get built, streamed a billion times and that counts as album sales. Yeah. And if I've got 10 of those that's a hit and it takes up all of the top billboard, then it's like, well, then what can you tell me? I'm getting racks on top of racks. I'm, my influence is, is extreme. Even though I'm not pushing myself to be a better artist, hey, you know, what, what, what can you tell me when, I'm, when I've got all of these accolades? You know, so yes. And one thing I want to uh, talk about that you brought up earlier was you were talking about creativity in the raps. If you look at my group chats with uh, my group chat text with all the people who love these new artists, one of my pet peeves is everybody brings up money in their song, which if you do, which I feel like you have to do it creatively because every rapper can flex about money. Right. Jada Kiss in Who Shot Yes, I thought he did it perfectly. He said. I would have bought the Bentley, but I had to pay taxes. That <laughs> is a very creative way to bring up money. Now, but you have guys today who are just like, well, you know, I have a band for the plug. Okay. Well, everybody <laughs> can say that. Right, right. And it's crazy now because it's like, you know, some of these rappers, and it's like, oh, I got a man with a plug and I can work my wrist and I can I can flip a brick and I can do all this. It's like, can you though? You know, like. I would say there's like 60% or 70% of them that's flexing. And then the 30% who really are about that trip, out whipping up dope, really are connected in the streets, are kind of perpetuating that lifestyle and are still kind of like, they not even really taking care of they, they street craft, they street business because they all on Instagram, blah, 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 blah. They getting caught up in the, in the glitz and the glamour, and then what happens with them? They die, right? Either they found OD, OD mm -hmm. or they got robbed, or they go into jail for life. You know what I'm saying? Like you see it every, it seems like every month, one of these young, little baby, or some <laughs> random assortment of numbers in your name, rapper, is in jail. Either they're dead, they're in jail, or they OD'd. I feel like every month for the past year, that's been the story of, of young rappers under the age of 30. Dead, in jail, OD. Yes. And it's like something, something is rotten in Denmark, and hip-hop is not taking time to evaluate itself. The elder statesmen are not thinking about reaching back and having conversations with these young folks. These young folks are not thinking about, man, I have a huge opportunity here. Because the internet is, is a blessing and a curse. On the one hand, I think it's contributing to the devolution of hip-hop. But on the other hand, it's allowed hip-hop to grow to this multi-billion dollar industry and to extend its reach. And so these young folks need to think about the opportunity that is there before them, but put in, put put effort into the craft, put effort into the art. Because yeah, you might have hit, hit a lick now, and you might even own your masters because you're independent. 
But if the song doesn't age well, this is what Royce the Five Nine said. If the song doesn't age well, it's like you got a hundred percent of nothing. Ain't nobody trying to hear that bull crap twenty years from now because you didn't put no investment into the art, into the music, into the song. And that exactly. I think is is sad for for rap music. I think it's a sad reflection of black art and black blackness. Um, and where we at? There's just so much more to our story and to who we are that should be and could be expressed. But I feel like it's suppressed by an industry that's complicit in, um, you know, in lowering the bar for this for this art and taking advantage and exploiting our people. So exploiting these young rappers. So I don't know, man. It's it's, it's complex. But I, I I'm I'm just pointing out something that I feel is obvious, and I don't want to continue to contribute to it. One, because I think it's bad music. Two, I think it's bad for my people. But I just I can't listen. I just can't listen to it, man. Yeah. Um. One thing I want to ask you before we get into our next topic, unless you want to bring anything else up after this, um, what do you consider modern rap? Because me personally, I think from 2015 till now i consider modern rap because that's really when all the mumble rap started of going mainstream that at least that i got to hear so like people so in our group chat that that i have everybody wants to tell me well you know modern rap is so great and i said well so who's at the top of the charts that's modern rap and they're like well, you know, it's it's Kendrick, it's Cole, it's uh, it's Drake. And I said, all those people have been making albums before 2015. Like, Cole's first album was like, or EP was in like 2009. He's not modern. Yeah, I mean, the word modern is, is tricky, right? Because I think we're in this space now, and it's not even just talking about music. We can talk about other forms of art or even history and say, like, what's the modern era? And I think, you know, sociologists and social scientists would say, well, we're in the postmodern era, whatever that means. I don't know how you can be beyond what is currently contemporary, but somehow people say we're postmodern. So when it comes to hip hop, I mean, if you think of, I think about it this way, like hip hop in and of itself is only about 40 years old. Right. It's about maybe maybe a little bit older than what I am. So I try to look at hip hop where as if it's a human being and say, where is it collectively, the art form as a whole, where is it in its lifespan and what we would expect to be the development of hip hop if it was a human being, right? And if you're talking about someone that's 40, pushing 40 or a little bit over 40, you're not expecting it to be doing and saying some of the stuff that we see a lot of current contemporary rappers doing and saying. You expect you expect yeah. something different of someone who's 40, especially a 40 year old who's been around the block, who's had seen a lot of ups and downs, a lot of death, a lot of destruction, a lot of hard won fights to be recognized, to be respected in the world. And I feel like that's where hip hop is. Right. And so my disappointment in hip hop is considering it from the perspective of I grew up with this. I know hip hop as if it is my a, a person. Right. We're around the same age. And I look at myself and where I want to be and what I'm striving for as th- at 39, at almost 40. And I expect that same sort of introspection of hip hop as a culture, especially because it's my culture. Um, yeah. So, like I said, it's not I know a lot of this sounds like me being an old fuddy dud man, like, oh, you whippersnappers don't know what good music <laughs> is. And back in my day. Right. Uh, and I yeah. accept that. Like and like, like I said in my episode in the podcast, respect. I get it. You know, it's my bias. It's for where I come from. I feel like the '90s is the greatest period in hip hop so far. 
you know, respect my bias. That's where I come from. A, a leopard can't change its spots. But at the same time, I, as objective as I might try to be, if I'm trying to be objective, I still am disappointed with where hip hop is right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I am, especially going back and listening to everything that was, you know, 90s and 80s. Uh, it's just, this rap is almost, I would say it's worse than this, the like the, the late 70s where they just rhymed random words together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, we're, it's worse than like, you know, to the hip, hop, the hip, the hip, and to the hip, right? Where you're just kind of like, you know, it's random kind of scatting. But even with the scatting, you can respect that. And I said this on the podcast too, there's a natural ebb and flow and progression to art, right? And so coming from the age of jazz and, and funk and what was happening before that, even with James Brown in the 60s and the 70s, the way that rappers were linking words together in the early 70s and early 80s makes sense in terms of the natural progression of where black music was at that time, right? And yeah. even when you think about like CNC Music Factory and Vanilla Ice and, 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 um, and MC Hammer in the 90s, again, coming off of the flashiness and the cocaine, you know, fabulousness of the 80s, what those guys are doing and how they looked and how they, again, was the natural progression of I think where rap was at that time. Um, and so I can take some ebb and flow, you know, but I feel like where these guys are doing right now is taking the genre backwards. It's taking the art form backwards. It's not the natural progression, right? It's, it's just staleness. Um, and sometimes yeah. hip hop goes through pockets of staleness. Like I would say with the exception of maybe like Jeezy, Wheezy, Yeezy, you know, and TPZ <laughs> in the in the early 2000s, you didn't really have a lot of great rap music. You had a lot of snap music, especially coming out of the South, but there wasn't wait, a wait, whole- Wait, 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 hold up. I just got a phone call. You're telling me that 50 Cent isn't a great rapper? <laughs> oh my God, See, don't get me started. Don't get me started, man. I well, always say I'm pretty sure I'm- I'm pretty sure me and you both agree that we don't like 50 Cent, but yeah. somebody's going to be mad about that. <laughs> hey, they can keep being mad. I'll keep saying my 50 Cent has sold everything but good music, man. Everything but good music, from vitamin water to condoms to video games to TV shows to movies to clothes. He has sold everything but good music. Uh, I, you know, There's one 50 Cent album that I think people can argue and they hold on to it and they swear by it. Um, maybe they might try to throw in a second one too, but I think everybody knows, man, if we were to say that about any other artist that they only got one good album and that was 20 something years ago, we would say that guy is a wash, but yeah, at least music likely go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. I was just saying, but at least musically, we would say this guy's a wash. Yeah. <laughs> Jadakiss said, most likely your, your next CD is a weed play. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and, but, and you, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was, <laughs> no, I was just joking. I was just going to make a joke about Jadakiss. Keep going. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say concerning Jadakiss, I mean, here we see somebody who's from the old school, but continues to sharpen his craft, right? I would love to see Jadakiss yeah. be a little bit more relevant in terms of dropping more music, especially like albums or EPs. I think in the streaming era, he as an individual artist could do really well, even if he was like 
twice or three times a year was like, oh, I'm just going to drop a little five track project with Alchemist or five track project with Havoc or five check, you know what I'm saying? Whatever with Hit Boy yeah. or something. I think he's an artist that can do that because, man, for artists who's been out now at this point over 20 some years, he's still really nasty. And the locks is oh, a whole yeah. farm. And they proved that, you know, in the last verses. So I think there's still that. space. There's still uh, space, right? For 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 real rap. People still want your real rap. People still don't respect the craft. At the end of the day, rapping is about putting saying something, picking up that microphone with confidence and courage and actually saying something, you know? Um and saying it well, right? Saying it in a way that's gonna connect yeah. with people. And I, I just a lot of these young folks, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. And it's sad because when you see the young sisters or whatever in rap music, it's even worse because it's like y'all don't have to really say anything. You just get up there and gyrate and shake and twerk and you know what I'm saying, just make complete buffoons of yourselves. And folks will yeah. applause and throw Grammys at you and call you the next diva. And it's just it's it, I don't understand why everyone's hypnotized in this trance and can't be a can't step out and say and criticize our own art. Like why we within the culture can't be objective and be like, yo, it's right now is um we slacking off. Showing we need to, you know, we might need to check some of this or, or hold our standards a little bit higher or, you know, have some chats with the young folks right now and these young artists and think about how we can steer them. If not for the music sake, shoot, for their own lives sake, because we see something's going on with them where they not healthy, you know? So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you want to add anything else before we get into uh, my 10 favorite rappers and what you think about them? Nah, go ahead. I'm curious. I can't wait to hear it. Okay, so my honorable mentions are LL Cool J, mm -hmm. Jay-Z. I know, I know you hate the New York bias, but we have to throw <laughs> Jay-Z in there. <laughs> um, Lil Wayne and uh -huh. T.I. Okay. Those, Those are honorable, are honorable mentions. mentions. Gotcha. Yes. Okay, so do, do you want me to start from one or ten? Uh, work your way up. Start from the bottom and go up. Okay, so you're probably going to completely disagree with this because ultimately a list is just personal preference. That's it. That's it. Um, but my number ten, uh, I think he gets a bad rep. I think he gets viewed as, as corny. But if you actually go back and listen to some of his songs and what he's done in his group, rap group, I, re I really think he is the most underrated, one of the most underrated artists of all time. I have Joe Budden at 10. And I, and I did write, I write, wrote down some songs too that I really liked from them. And mm -hmm. if you want to, if people want to go check them out, then that's all for them. I think Ordinary Love Shit 1 through 4 is great. Immortal was good on his new album, Broke. The No Church in the Wild Freestyle. Um, the Make a Deal with Ransom, uh, the I Want to Know song, Love Them Good. And then his two stuff, his storytelling in Three Sides of a Story and Pray For Me just completely blow me away. So that's what I got with Budden. Okay. So what do you think of Joe? I mean... I mean, you know, as a, as a rapper, I never really got into Joe. I just... 
you know, I think at that time, at the time when he was really blowing, which was early, early 2000s, I was in a space in my life where I, I was kind of stepping away from a lot of a lot of secular rap music anyway. Um, but the stuff yeah. that I was, you know, because he came out at a, at a time even where like the you know Dipset was really doing anything, right? And I I never really got into Dipset, and and I know Fifty Cent was kind of on the bubble and on a you know on the rise at that time. I think the only music that was really striking me, you know, at that time was still Outkast because Outkast was still active. Um, yeah, you know, and I was listening to a lot of stuff from the South. Um, so I don't have an opinion of him musically as a person. Just I feel like he's super corny and and hard and certainly with the success of his podcast, I feel like he's, his ego has become a monster. Um, and yeah. so I think those things kind of rub me the wrong way. So I just don't know enough about him musically to care. But I, I, at this point, he ain't nobody I want to go back and listen to either because how he presents himself currently is not immediately intriguing either, you know? Um, I do think yeah, he's a I good podcaster. I do think what he's done in the field of podcasting, you know, cannot be un underestimated. I mean, he really has opened up a door for for young black media folks to be able to say, hey, you know, I, I can actually talk. I can do a conversation. I can do a podcast. And I think he's oh, he's opened up a new lane in hip hop for that. Um, yeah, so I, I, I definitely I, I think he gets a bad rap as an artist because if you go to youtube and look up joe budden either his podcast or pump it up pops up and pump it up is like it was the song that went mainstream but it, it i wouldn't say it's even a top 15 song of his right but so yeah there's my number 10 uh the number nine was the hardest spot because i already knew who my 10 was going to be and my eight through one were pretty good i have kanye west at number nine and i was considering taking him out just because of these last couple albums but ultimately, I decided to put him in there. You know, Champion, Homecoming, Touch the Sky, All the Lights. Heartless was the first song I ever heard from Kanye. Stronger Power and Yay versus the People I really liked. So oh, so what do you think about Kanye not counting these last couple albums he put out? Right. Yeah. I mean, when I'm thinking about him as an MC, you know, I think there was a time where I think it was very legit to call Kanye West a, a really good rapper. Right. And I could see people putting him in their top five as a rapper. Uh, I think that time has passed and I don't think we'll. Um, yeah, but I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at him being number nine, especially considering, you know, the, the age of, of hip hop that you came into the game. of. Yeah, I think if I was a person your age, Kanye West would be it'd be hard, even with all of his antics to, for him to not still be a part of my top five or whatever, because. For your generation, like I said, like he, him and Lil Wayne are, they're like gods of rap music, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, my number eight, you love him, you know him, it is Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, my eight, favorite honey. song from him is uh, God is Gangster, King Kunta, Humble. Uh, I really liked him on that Jidenna song, Classic Man, when they remixed it in DNA was also good. I think Kendrick... He's got, I mean, he's got everything you need from a rapper, and he's still, you know, pretty young in a rap career, per se. So sure. I definitely think he has room to go up on the list, especially on a lot of people's list, because, I mean, one of these guys I had to mark down because he's dead, and 
doesn't make music anymore. So it's not his fault, obviously, that these people jumped him on my list, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I can't be mad at you, man. Like Kendrick Lamar is a, is certainly my, you know, is really, really high on my list. Um, you know, but I, I think there's room for criticism of Kendrick Lamar. I think sometimes he raps in ways where you don't understand what he's saying. I think sometimes he can construct songs in ways that are a little bit clearer and easier to express his point for the listener. Um, I think he just challenges the listener. I mean, that's that's yeah. the thing about Kendrick Lamar. I mean, when you listen to him, you're fully exercising, I think, everything you need, you, the fullness of your faculties to be able to receive his message, his music, his content, um, because there's a lot of complexity, a lot of complexity to it. So for some people, that is not an easy listen or an enjoyable listen. But I find yeah. it really, really, I find his music really engaging. And he does make a lot of stuff that doesn't require you know, to listen to it deeply, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is the first ever rapper I ever heard on uh, on, on an NBA 2K. Uh, Rock him. I have it number seven. Okay. I like that. Uh, I, the first ever rap song I ever heard was I Ain't No Joke, and that just stuck for me with that, so. Hey, you ain't gonna take that's right. I mean, Rakim would be on the list for sure. Yes. And at number six, I have, well, they, they, they have a Diamond album. Uh, they were part of a group. It is Lauren Hill. I have it number six. Okay. Uh, so what do you think about Lauren Hill besides her being three hours late to stuff? <laughs> yeah, man, she's awesome. She's awesome. She sets the standard for what? I think an MC should be, but especially a woman MC. I mean, she's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it really stinks for me that, you know, she only has really one real album. Then after that, you got to go listen to the Fuji stuff, which Fuji stuff isn't bad, but you got to deal with Wycliffe and all his weird stuff. Right. I mean, uh, the score is still, to me, the score is one of the best rap albums ever made still. Still, I mean, oh, yeah, and, it, it definitely Proz, Proz doesn't have amazing verses, but all three of them kind of have moments where you're like, okay, I like, I like that. I appreciate your contribution. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. the score is great. The score is great. Yes. And number five is the one that I had to move down just because he doesn't make music anymore. And if you asked me two years ago, he'd be number two, but he is no longer number two. It is uh, Biggie. I have a number five. You know, he has a diamond album, too. Um, and unfortunately, uh, he had, he always had P Diddy around him that took up all the spotlight ever. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what do you think about Biggie? I mean, is he in your top five? Would you say? Biggie is not in my top five. Um, I think Biggie was an amazing rapper. Uh, I, I remember the time and him coming out, he had some of the dopest videos. I think Juicy is certainly one of the best rap songs ever made. Um, yeah, some would argue that it is the best rap song ever made, and I could, I could see that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, ain't nothing, ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I just, you know, for me, I just, ne I don't gravitate to Biggie's persona the same way that I gravitate to Tupac, for instance. Um, yeah, but I mean, you can't, no one can not Biggie as a rapper. Like, 
not at all. No one can knock his discography. No one can knock his ability and where he would even stand if he was continuing to rap today. Yeah, he would still be at the top of his class. Yes. And number four is somebody that Biggie actually was on the same record label as. Uh, he reminded people with his last verses that he is top five dead or alive. It is Jadakiss. Mm-hmm. It's not my number four. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, single-handedly killing off 50 Cent with his diss tracks, you know, I think that definitely deserves it in the top 10 spot. And then if you add the Locks music and his own music, I definitely think he's top five. Right. I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, number three, I have Nas. Uh, he has, I, I would say he's gotten more mainstream now just because his last, out, his not this most recent album, but the album before that won like a Grammy or whatever. That's so right. I, I would say, I would say he's basically the same as Jadakiss. He's more popular now than he has been recently in the last couple of years, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Nas has aged well. I mean, that's the thing. Nas has aged very well. He's aged gracefully. I mean, I think Nas is a representative of what hip-hop as an entire genre should look and feel and, and carry itself right now. You know, um, he's continuing to elevate himself. He's continuing to challenge himself. Uh, he's not the same Nas that he was. He's not rapping about the same stuff that he was, and yet he's still it still feels fresh. It still feels, you know, inviting. It's not boring. It's still something you want to listen to. You can relate to it. I think if you young or if you old, if you balling, if you broke, I think, yeah, I mean, that's what a good rapper, a good poet does. And Nas is just taps into, to, I think, to universal language. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my number two, he also has the Diamond album. It is Tupac slash Machiavelli, whatever he wants to be called. Yeah, Tupac to me is the greatest rapper that ever lived. Maybe not the greatest lyricist, but to me, Tupac is the iconic rapper. Tupac is what yeah. every rapper wants to be. I don't care if you were even a Tupac contemporary like Nas or Jay-Z. Everybody wants to be like Tupac. Everybody wants to be Hawk and Flynn at the paparazzi. You know what I'm saying? Got your, you know, got all the hot girls and, you know, in acting or whatever, kind of trying to talk to you or whatever. And, you know, other rappers fear you. And yeah, I mean, Tupac was just, and you're still super intelligent and poetic and you just got this grace and this amazing, charming smile and you're charismatic and you're just, there's all yeah. these layers of depth to you. I mean, I think Tupac, quintessential rapper. Yeah, I, I think Tupac, you know, he can do about everything you everything you want out of a rapper. He can make a you know a very very lyrical song like Dear Mama or Changes, mm-hmm. but then he can also go to something that you know is more mainstream like California Love. That's right. More. So I, I definitely think you know Pollock used to be my number one, but you know uh, my number one now is Andre Three Thousand. He also has okay. a Diamond album, Outcast. Uh, I. I would just say Andre is my number one because any feature he's on, he kills it these days. Uh, you go back and listen to the Outcast stuff. Yeah, I'm blown away by it. Um, and even on uh, even their later stuff when he when he did Hollywood Divorce with uh, Snoop and Lil Wayne is yeah. still very good. And so I, 
and even international players anthem that yeah. is a great song as well and he I, he has the best verse with uh that i think on it so it's, it's always hard to like for me i don't even try to rank the verses on that song because you got two of the best southern if no not two of you got the two best uh southern rap groups I would argue you've got the best rap group of all time with probably in the top five best rap groups of all time. And all of them went in. Every single verse and contribution was perfect. It, to me, International Players Anthem is the best rap song there is. It is my personal favorite rap song. I will never turn that song off. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, Dre's in my top five as well. I'm a huge Outkast fan. I'm with you on that. I mean, and even if you listen to the song, um, what was the song? Uh, the song he just recently did with Kanye West. Um, oh, I forgot the name of it. The one that Drake leaked. Uh, uh, yes, the one that Drake leaked, and it was better than every Drake song on his album. Yes, his album. exactly. Better than his entire <laughs> album. But yeah, I mean, and he sounds so, it's like so natural, so effortless. And he can just spit these amazingly beautiful, heartfelt, poetic, just... It's like, man, it's just a gift. It's like, are you even human? Like that just comes out of you like easily. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's in, uh, he's insanely good. Yeah, I would even say his, um, did you ever get a chance to listen to the, like the piano stuff he did where he had, he released like two or three songs on the piano? I did, he did like a happy birthday song or something like that. And he did a couple of other things. Yeah, I do remember those. I and even the one that he wrote about, you know, like with his mom and dad. Right. I right. thought that was amazing. And I think he can do about everything you want. You know, he can rap. He doesn't really freestyle per se. And, and he even has some underrated songs. If you go back and look that, that song he did with John Legend, I think people will just overlook because John Legend has a bunch of good stuff and Andre has. I, mean, I think stuff. Greenlight is one of both John's John Legend's best songs. And I think it's one of Andre's most memorable performances. It's not his best verse, but it's certainly one of his most memorable features. And on there, he's totally freestyling. I, I mean, I think he's freestyling on um AT Aliens as well. Like, so Dre definitely will kick a freestyle. Um, and it's just, and he's gotten better at that as time has, has gone on, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just, I mean, if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have these rappers nowadays feeling like they can be free with what they wear, you know, wearing wigs or different wearing pink or painting your fingernails or just being expressing yourself differently as an artist. Like, and Dre had the courage to do that where the only image to be an art, you know, a rap artist was you had to be this tough gangster rapper from LA or something. You know, you had to be a pimp if you was from the South or whatever, or you had to be some kind of like hood mafioso if you was from the East coast. Right. So you were locked yeah. in to these personages of kind of tap toxic black masculinity um but dre just defined all, defied all of that and he was really one of the first rappers to really be singing you know and construct songs and whole choruses with him as a rapper singing i mean that without andre 3000 you'd have no kanye west you'd have no little wayne and you damn sure wouldn't have drake um so yeah, he's the father for so many styles and so many rappers. I mean, he's I couldn't see how anybody couldn't have them have him in their top five. Yeah, and even when they did the Outcast, when Outcast got back together to do a tour, the mm -hmm. even the stuff he was wearing in two thousand I think it was two thousand 
2016, 2014, somewhere around there. 14, 14, yeah, September of 2014, yeah. The stuff that he was wearing even then, I I believe it said something like, um, uh, why are people with uh, dark colors always the one getting hurt? It was something very creative like that. He was wearing the weird white wig. It was cool. It was cool to see. Yeah, man, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we go ahead and sign off? No, man. I mean, I think your list is, is respectable. I was telling my friends on the podcast, I was like, hey, you know, uh, you know, my, my student and my young friend, he has good taste in music and he helps to kind of let me know what's what's popping out there with the young folk. But at the same time, he and I can vibe because I think he's got a good ear to both respect the classics, but also, you know, to be objective and to and to just talk about what makes music good in general, man. So. Yeah, I respect your list. I think it's really, really good. Um, a lot we have a lot of overlap and a lot of the same artists. And uh, yeah, good list. Yes, I would also like to mention this is the only podcast we've done where we haven't talked about Nick Cannon or politics. <laughs> we almost made it out without mentioning his name, but almost. <laughs> hey, well, I had to bring it. I'm up surprised he wasn't on your list. I'm glad. To, I'm glad to see he's not on your list, though. Nick Nick may have like you know a song on Bump, and that's about it. Okay, okay. And I and I can't even listen to that one anymore because it has R. Kelly in it. So, mm, you really feel yeah. guilty about that when you want to throw on some R. Kelly? Do you really think about that and feel guilty? Well, okay. If I'm by myself, yes. But if I'm at the family reunion and Step in the Name of Love just comes on, I do not feel guilty about that. <laughs> you should not, man. We as our people, we just got to accept the reality that just, hey, man. There's a, but there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of music. There's a lot of art out there where you're like, ah, oh, this is maybe not the most healthy thing or whatever. Or this person was was toxic. But man, this song is just ingrained in, in your culture. You just, you just accept the reality of it, man. As long as you can be honest, right? And we can confront the sadness of, of R. Kelly as a person. Um, we can still step yeah. in the name of love. <laughs> I think we can still step <laughs> in the name of love with clear consciousness as long as we can accept the reality of, of R. Kelly being a horrible person. Yes, I, I can tell you nobody is going to hop in the car now and throw on some R. Kelly with somebody else. Now, if you're by yourself, then you may turn on the is the remix edition. <laughs> and, and then after the song, you'd be like, ah, well, R. Kelly. And then you, you just move on. And you just move on. Just move on. Uh, yeah, but thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. And congratulations on being the first member of the Three Ball Podcast Hall of Fame. Woo. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah, man. Um, it's an honor. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, man. Thanks as always. Yeah. Uh, go check out Mr. Scott's podcast, Don't Trust the Punch. It, it is a good listen, especially if you've never seen Mr. Scott, you know, a little bit uncensored. That is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> it's very uncensored. Well, yeah. Come, come through. Come through. Yes, go check it out. Um, thank you for him to be on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Peace. All right. Peace out, man.